0: Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars toys began, and Kenner continues the excitement. The Empire Strikes Back collection. El Regreso del Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's the Kivecast. Was that star space station the snap open space hatch? Sometimes known as the Vintage Park. <laughs> wow, what a weird... Wait. A monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Hud Chewbacca, Chewbacca's and Steven B. Dem. B-Wing fighters and beatwing pilot action beat wing pilot action beat wing pilot action market data mined by Brisbane Brisbane Mike. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well. And Fantastic Pete. Tech support by the Low it's the second issue of our audio magazine that was written and recorded at Celebration Anaheim. We have a cavalcade of Kive cast guests, including Gus Lopez, Duncan Jenkins, Chris Jorgulius, Ron Salvatore, Todd Chamberlain, Pete Filmer, and Hervey Valenchez. We talk about Hildebrandt, Celebrations Past, Sheet Music, and basically it's an unloved palooza Plus, Sky tries to figure out how to add some extra content because it's been a little while. All this on the Kivecast Vintage Pod. Celebration 2. I mean Celebration 7, part 2. Celebration 14 or Celebration 9. Hi everyone, this is Sky with a little pre-Wampa message. Uh, so as I said in the intro there, this is going to be uh, a show that we recorded at Celebration Anaheim, and as it's been for the last few episodes, this is a non-conventional episode. Uh, so again, we should be getting back to regular episodes next month, uh, but Celebration was just such a, such a big deal. Um, Another thing to sort of mention is it's been a little while, I wanted to apologize for that. I've had an end of the year review, my parents are moving down the street, which is like tons of work. I have a super secret project, which I'm hopefully going to announce in the next couple of months. Um, and it's just sort of been, you know, this end of the year craziness. So uh, Steve and I will get back sort of on the horse, so to speak. Um, but enjoy this episode, because it's, it's pretty different, and it's just got tons of stuff in it. I want to give a big thanks to Mirko Milanovic, uh, or Milanovic. I, I don't know how to pronounce your name, Mirko. He also goes by Skookum Trooper, which isn't that much easier to pronounce either. Um, but he is the reason that we have this episode, because he recorded it. Um, we didn't have any means to record, uh, as you may remember. I said, uh, you know, last time we just had, like, a, the microphone pointed at the monitor, it was, it was a bad deal. Um, so he and Eric from the Forcecast, uh, not Rebel Force Radio, but from the Forcecast, uh, helped us to get this audio. So that's why we have it. So yeah, we're gonna hear lots of different voices. Um, I'm gonna jump in at the end and just do Pete's Market Watch, because we have done Pete's Market Watch. And I might even jump in here or there to sort of add more facts, give a little more substance, or even give more nonsense, because we only had an hour to record. And uh, one thing we know is we need more nonsense. Uh, for instance, I, I, uh, as you may know, I'm, I'm super into the the new Star Wars uh, movie that's coming out, and I haven't heard anyone else say this yet. So when I found out that the the leader of of the bad guys is called Supreme Leader Snoke, I actually uh, instantly had uh, the Dr. Dre song stuck in my head uh, the next episode, and so this is what I think every time I hear that guy's name. Hey. Hope you're ready for the next episode, hey! Snoke leads every day! Now, let me paint a picture for you. It was the second to last day that I was at Celebration. Steve was there in a majestic red t-shirt with his typical grace. I was there in my gray Chewbacca t-shirt and lots of hair product, and we had the cool Celebration Anaheim logo in front of us. And I'm actually happy to say that my favorite picture that's ever been taken of us uh, was taken with uh, Ron, Steve, and I, and we are for some reason holding our hands up and for some reason, Ron has a Mr. T in his hand. And for some other reason, it looks like Mr. T's hand is Steve's hand. I'm not doing this image justice. You know, let me say this. Join our Facebook friends or Facebook friend us or whatever it is because we're putting on stuff there like all the time. So, you know, go to, go to iTunes, give us the thumbs up, say you like us, but then go to Facebook because that's where you're really going to get to see these pictures as they come out. And this picture of Ron, Steve, and I is the funniest and weirdest picture and I have no explanation for it at all. That'll give you a better idea of what it was like when the Kivecast recorded at Calibration. Hope
1: you're ready for the next episode.
0: Wampa Wampa.
1: Welcome to Kivecast uh, number sixty
0: two oh, they want to do it responsibly Wampa 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 Tauntaun yeah Sounds pretty exciting. So uh, we are here at Celebration Anaheim recording our second of two shows and we are in the podcast stage, Steve.
1: This is a new thing. <laughs> a new thing.
0: Now last time it wasn't you know, we were in the, the collector social room and we couldn't quite figure out the audio, so we just had to do this really lame thing of just like putting the, the microphone on a stand in front of the uh, in front of the speaker. And this time we had to do the same thing of putting a microphone on top of a speaker. Uh, it turns out that we shouldn't be too proud of this technological. What's the line? Wonder you created? Yeah, technological wonder they've created here. Fair. Oh, okay, that was the voice of Chris Georgulis making an error on uh, Star Wars quotes. Oh my God. <laughs> I set you up, spiked him right there. Wow. So yeah, we got a friendly crowd here. Damn yeah, exactly, and that's actually the next figure is going to be the ATAT Commander, right?
1: General Veers.
0: Right, General Veers. <laughs> so what we're going to do is kind of a different show, Steve. Do you want to explain how we're going to do it? Yeah, so we've got. Uh, I have no idea.
1: <laughs> a group of uh, archive editors slash all stars compared to us. I figured it'd be easy if we just bring them up and and let them talk. So
0: yeah, that's that's the basic idea. So there's four microphones, and we have like seventeen thousand guests. Yeah. So it's going to be a rotating round table. Uh, Steve and I are going to try to not talk too much. Uh, Steve will succeed. Yes. And uh, we're just going to... Uh, you, you can let people in. Yeah, they're like closing the door because if we leave it open, people are like, Where's my Star Tots? <laughs> we have to tell there's no Star Tots here. But Steve, have you gotten any Star Tots? I got one. Uh, I got IG-88, which is
1: our club patch, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, it's like... I can't the, get rid of him.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's been pretty exciting. There's too much to even say here, but let's get to the content. Yes. Yeah. people are tired of hearing about Celebration, so let's bring up some people to to talk about other celebrations Celebration, other yeah. ideas <laughs> anyways so let's bring up uh, Pete Vilmer and Duncan Jenkins So Pete I think this is the second time that we've had you on but the first time was only in Gus's closet That's is right. that correct I was in Gus's closet, yes. Yeah it's, it's, it's <laughs> very exciting to have you on here um, we sort of wanted to have you on for a long time, but just sort of figured this would be a good reason. And Duncan, this is your seventh appearance?
2: Wow, keeping track, I guess. Sure.
0: <laughs> it was actually a total guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, think it's, I think it's pretty close. Um, so, you know, we, we have this sort of, basically I had an idea for the first topic, and it came about yesterday. Uh, we're actually in the presence of a truly great artist, uh, Bruce White, who's over there. And he gets, <laughs> he's last. <laughing laughs> So when I was making the podcast uh, to come to Celebration, they had just posted the Vader cases, Mm -hmm. so I didn't really get a chance to talk about them. Um, And so we didn't talk about them at all, and I thought, why not talk about just the piece de resistance, the amazing piece that was done by Bruce White. How would you describe it Steve? It's magical. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Duncan, how would you describe it using descriptive terms? (laughs) How would, you, how would you describe a Duncan using descriptive terms it's
2: um the Hildebrand art uh, reimagined on a vader case
0: right <laughs> so it looks just like a star wars poster you know with luke and leia and leia's holding on to his legs okay uh it's sky gonna interject here i realize now as i'm editing that leia doesn't really hold on to his legs i actually had the the original poster for vacation or european vacation stuck in my head um so she's not holding on to his legs, as I say, like 15,000 times, but she is definitely in a position of inferiority and sort of below him in the traditional position of sort of being lower than the male lead and, and kind of leaning on him. Um, but, you know, it's not exactly the way I described it, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and everything. And I realize, like, we haven't talked about that image yet.
2: No, not in detail.
0: It's a weird image, isn't it?
2: It's it very, very unmovie like. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't, it kind of conveys what you think the movie's going to be about, but it doesn't really um, accurately reflect it.
0: Right. I mean, as a feminist, as we all presumably are, it's not a particularly positive image, having the woman hanging onto his leg. It looks like He-Man or some kind of thing like that. And I was just thinking, like, you know, where did this image come from? Why do we use it? Why was it used so often? When did we stop using it? And there's enough people in the crowd that are way smarter than me and a little bit smarter than Steve who will be able to answer this. But, Pete, where do we first sort of see this image of Luke with his hands in the air and Leia with with her arms around his legs like she just doesn't care.
3: Well, this was uh, uh, Tom Young.
0: So Tom Young was putting
3: this uh, image together for the marketing campaign of Star Wars. Uh, He was somewhat under the direction of Lucas to get a picture or a style very much like um, uh, uh, man, I'm blanking. Frank, thank you. Frank Rosetta. They actually tried to get Frank, but he was not uh, available for the job, so Tom Young, as directed did a very uh heroic looking image and had actually leah was far more scantily clad uh in the originals than than as as she ended up on the final poster
0: but and and, and so when you say scantily clad so this is like early images that we we've seen and that's that's in your book about posters and i just don't remember or these not really been seen
3: no no you have they have been published but they weren't in the poster book uh the 2005 poster book because uh, they were they did not want us to put those in there not because she was scantily clad simply for for space purposes.
0: Well, well, I would actually like you to put forth a conspiracy theory. <laughs> okay, they, they just that's didn't good. want to know the truth. Okay, are, are we all in agreement? That's why they didn't do it. Okay. <laughs> As we sit here, you know, let's let's Lucas a little bit. All right. So then. But what I don't understand, okay, well, actually I do understand, but I'm going to pretend like I don't because uh, it's more interesting to say that, is why did Bruce say that his is a Hildebrand when we're talking about Tom Young as the original artist?
3: Uh, Okay, so Tom Young actually came up with the design itself, and the studio very much liked it. But uh, allegedly, you know, Lucas liked the design, but he wanted kind of more of a fantasy fairy tale style, and he liked the Hildebrands. So he had the Hildebrands basically do the Jung version in their style. And so that's why you've got kind of uh, the two versions. You have the Jung, and then you have the, the,
0: the Hildebrandt. And they said that they wanted to get Frazetta initially. Yes. Did, did Frazetta ever do anything for Star Wars?
3: Um, he... no. He did wow. some Battlestar Galactica. Well, that's and it's the same thing, right? We can all read Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> yeah, Star right. Wars is the same thing.
0: <laughs> Flash Gordon, uh, Black Hole. I'm sure
3: he regrets not doing it. In the end, although Fred Rosetta's Zeta, obviously got his, uh, you know, his own legacy. And All right.
0: So then, what I wanted to think about was where, when do we see this image used? So I think most of us think about it on the, in the front of a card back, right? Used in, a, in the Star Wars card front. Boy, it's confusing to say card front and card back. On the front of the Star Wars branded uh, Kenner action figures. But when we were talking to, to Bruce, right, Bruce? Yep. Okay. You maybe heard that in the next one. <laughs> he was saying that. It's not exactly the same thing. I mean, I've never even really looked at this image of Luke and Leia on the the card front and then compared it to the poster and really realized how different it is. Um, So this is a question I've asked just about everybody in this room, and they all say they don't know who actually did the drawing of the art on the card back. Is that accurate? Does anybody know that?
3: Nope. Chris?
0: Ron? Tessa, can you just make up a name? (laughs) No? Can someone just make up a name?
4: Hugh Jazz.
0: Yes, huge Jazz. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute! Uh, <laughs> and the other reason we're thinking of it was the archive party, Steve. Yeah? We were great. able to make a little pin with a dog as Luke and Leia as, as a cat.
1: Yeah, yeah. Chris Botkins had, uh, had kind of whipped that up for us and then uh, we had that turn into a pin as well which which I thought like was awesome. I couldn't believe like the... Uh, the transition it was great,
0: right? And so this is, I guess, going back to going back to Duncan. So as we all potentially know here, uh, Duncan is the master of uh, ephemera. Aphem- That's a the minute. word, right? <laughs> He's the master of ephemera, and uh, so like you have all these great things. I'm trying to think, like, when did we start to see this image totally go away? Is it just in the Star Wars era? Do we have things that last into the Empire era, or the Return of the Jedi era that you might be able to think um, that where we see the well, and Do we have a name for this image first of all? What do we call it? Like the the leg hug image? <laughs> Can we do that? <laughs> it's a Conan. All right, that yeah, that so it now. Okay, so <laughs> point of phrase. Point, it's, yeah, a it's a Conan him image. Him. Oh, the Conan. Or heavy metal, something like. That. Yeah, okay. Uh Okay, the Conan leg hugging image. (laughs) Okay, so when Jared hears this, he could just do a picture of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger with his legs being hugged by Mark Hamill. That'd be great. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, so when does the Conan
2: image go away, Duncan? Do you know? well it it's mostly all Star Wars. I don't really think you see it in any of the other movies after that. Now it does show up um, particularly in even up into modern times where that image will be reimagined uh, you know but the the Hildebrand and it was very um, ubiquitously bootlegged even too I mean bootlegged or unlicensed things would always take that image and and use it. Um, it would be done on t shirts or posters or different places Um, the the Hildebrand image itself was very ubiquitous as a poster and then uh, iron-on t-shirts over and over again and then other countries would take it and kind of move it into their own version there's a coca-cola poster from Japan uh, with Luke and the raised saber, but he's got this blown drive uh, hair that's all feathered back, looking uh, fantastically Farrah Fawcett.
0: Yeah, that's basically. I wanted the entire podcast to go to that one moment. So I, I knew if, if I if I drove the conversation that way, we'd arrive at the Farrah Fawcett Luke. Um, now, how, how hard is that of a piece to find the the Luke with? Yeah, gigantic fuzzy hair.
2: That's really hard. That is. There's
0: actually five
3: versions of that poster from various uh, uh, regions in Japan. So
0: five versions from five different regions in five Japan.
2: Yeah, so each one would have their own prefecture. uh, (laughs) Prefecture.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. All right. Amazing.
2: Yeah.
0: And what do we think, Steve? I mean, it's it's pretty sexist, right?
1: It's uh, I'd say it's
0: uh, a. Well, I mean, we actually (laughs) have women in in the audience, right? Isn't that kind of uncomfortable? Well, it isn't it sort of weird that we've all just sort of said, this is okay, we can just have her grabbing onto his leg, and, okay, this is going really poorly <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yes, what are you going to say, Bruce? Well, at least Leia has a gun in the Hildebrand poster. On the logo, Okay, so Bruce just made the amazingly good point that in the Hildebrand poster, Leia, is packing heat, she has a gun, and in the card back, she doesn't. And I wonder why that is, because the figure came with a gun. Steve, did Oh, uh, You got me. Uh, maybe it's because
4: the background of the star field is black.
0: Uh, okay. Chris Ogleus suggests that the star field is black, and that's why. Practical. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> no, said
3: definitively. I heard <laughs> definitively. <laughs> Actually, the young version, the, the gun is pointed down, and the Hildebrand is pointed sideways. I the that's, That's the good. LA version. I this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is also this is, wait. So
0: Hildebrand, the gun is sideways. Yes,
3: and the John and Jung version up. is pointed she's down. Stylistically, and is that true,
0: there. Bruce? And yours is it pointed sideways? Yeah. Okay. She's, she's a menace to society. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sky here again. So uh, I'm actually I've included in the enhanced version. We'll put it in the show notes and put it up on the Facebook page. Um, a cool comparison that Bruce provided of the card back and the Hildebrand image. And it's pretty cool how you can see her her disappearing gun. Um, another thing, I was looking through Pete Vilmer and Steve Sansweet's book, uh, the poster book, and uh, it's. If, really a lot. If you don't own that one, that's another one you should get. You should think of it like any other kind of collector's book. Uh, there's amazing stuff all about the the early poster designs and um, the kind of fight back and forth. And one of the differences also between the young and the, the Hildebrandt version is that in the young version the the lightsaber makes this like crazy cross and uh, he even is quoted as saying it's like a powerful, you know, visual image and the Hildebrandt which we're more used to is actually just kind of a starburst um, so maybe that's a little bit less uh, religious a little bit more I don't know starbursty. bursty so um, some more differences and it's a really good way to see all these different images of the Luke and Leia uh, Conan image as we're now calling it because of course she's not actually hugging his leg my trademark is stupidity, and we'll be getting into that quite soon. <laughs> well, am seeing as we're at Celebration, we can't talk a little bit about what we're actually doing here in terms of vintage collectibles. So I know we've all picked up lots of fun stuff, um, but why don't we just sort of highlight, what do you think is the most interesting story behind something you've picked up uh, at this story? Should we start with uh, Duncan, or should we start with Pete? What do you think? Uh, let's go Duncan. Okay.
2: All right. Um, well, what of uh, Stories. Um, <laughs> well, I got a, interesting things. Interesting things. I got a Mexican comic from Todd Chamberlain, so that was... Yeah. Good. Uh, Luis, so. Luis Villagomez. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's been working its way up from Mexico, and it's now in my collection. <laughs> but it was one uh, for the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. I had... Uh, Context within context to to bring it up here. uh, But uh, it's one of the Empire Strikes Back ones. But the interesting thing from the Mexican comics is that they're about a two-thirds size or maybe even a half size of the traditional comic size that we have here in the United States. So just kind of a fun, different look. Um, But but
0: is it just the the Marvel art just scaled down then?
2: In this case, yes. Um, Okay.
0: And, And that's, I imagine, very hard to find or...?
2: Uh, yes, they're very very difficult ones um, to to know exactly how many. Even the our price guide, I hate to say this, but we don't have the full list in there. I now have learned more that we're in there. Well,
0: one thing I know about the, the price guide is there's not enough stuff in it.
2: So if you could just <laughs> that, that has always ahead. been my philosophy. I yeah. Think yeah. We need to <laughs> add more and more. Um. Uh, for those of you who don't know,
0: we're talking about Gus Duncan's comprehensive.
2: I don't know the rest Guide of to Star Wars Collectibles.
0: Thank you. Gus, I know the Gus and Duncan's part, comprehensive guide to Star Wars Collectibles. Uh, which is, with the exception of that one item, a complete list of everything that's <laughs> ever been released <laughs> with the word Star Wars on it.
2: That's right. That was the only thing we missed. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Oh, and the the story that we had earlier about the uh, the motorboat. The, oh yeah. Motorboat. The speedboat, the return of the yeah, Jedi was, speedboat? Did speedboat. You, you got a speedboat? Uh, I do, yes, if you go back and re-listen to one of the earlier podcasts where we discussed it. <laughs> no, no, but
0: I... I, I mean... <laughs>
5: trademark is <laughs> stupidity.
2: My tra- okay,
0: okay, everyone, could you please scream your trademark is stupidity? Three, cool. two, one.
5: Your trademark <laughs> is stupidity.
0: Oh, snap! All right, there we go. <laughs> this is good. I was going to try and get it set up through the computer, but it's much more fun having you guys do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish that Matthias were here... That's a lot of fun. (laughs) All right, so so, Pete, why don't you tell us one thing that you were able to pick up here?
3: All right, so I've been collecting so long that I'm going into areas that are kind of even mundane, kind of strange and odd. So don't laugh. I found a concert medley sheet music set for the original score. Very hard to find, uh, very thick. Uh, These are, what, they're like an inch thick now. I've been looking for one for a long time, finally found one here. Uh, nobody collects sheet music. I know that, I get it, <laughs> I understand.
0: But it's one I was of those gonna say, half the, people, are, does uh-huh.
2: yeah. half the people on the stage do. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it, 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 this is the wrong <laughs> room. This is like, you know, the, the wrong room to say no one collects sheet music. That's, you know, I don't, that's true. Steve, I money. don't.
3: I don't. <laughs> Okay. But it's, so it's a, a widely, site. widely undocumented area because there's so many variations in those sheet music. It seems like they're coming out with a different version every week back mm-hmm. in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been trying to collect them all quietly, not so quietly now. And uh, <laughs> this was a big one to, to, to find, and I was glad to find it. So
0: what, what you, which one did you find this time?
3: This was Concert Medley, uh, the original score. Uh, it's, it's for the first movie? For the first movie. Okay. Yeah, and so this is for a concert band. Oh, so kind of minutes. got uh, sheet music for every single instrument in the... The, in the orchestra, so that's why it's so it's so thick and they're so rare because very few people bought them. Mm.
0: Well, I imagine there's are there international variations of sheet music. As I well?
3: don't. Maybe in England, I think they've got some some British variations. But yeah. Other than that, not much. Now, Duncan, is this
0: something you you've also tried to purchase at times?
2: I have and, and do, um, and they have uh, things even up to the um, the Empire Strikes Back when the holiday. Christmas, ma- uh, the Christmas one, that's a really tough one to find too. But so, if you want the the Star Wars Christmas album, um, sheet music, so that you really? can play, yeah, uh-huh. they can learn what to get a Wookiee for Christmas. Yeah.
0: Oh, no, the Holiday Christmas album. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, see, I think we're going to do a lot of unloved. I think this is basically an yeah. unloved podcast when, when it comes, especially to this back and forth with, with what are they getting. Um, so, Master of the Unloved, Duncan, what's, a, what, what's one more uh, interesting item?
2: Uh, We talked about this in uh, Germany, in Essen, for the Celebration Europe 2, where I got the very first of the French um, Palmetto, their cookie company. They did these little vacuum-formed cards that I had been searching for for years and years and years, and that was the first one that I had ever uh, received. Since then, uh, one of the people who knew that I was looking for that saw that I got that one there. W- uh, managed to actually find ten more of them for me, uh, f- and so I got those at this show as well.
0: Well, wow. hey now, Steve, um, vacuum form cards. I know what that means, but do you want to explain to them what a vacuum form card is? I <laughs> have A very vague concept of what a vacuum what form what? card. You mean is. like it's like wrapped in plastic with like little dots in it, or?
2: It no. So it's. Hey, like, hey, <laughs> back sealed.
0: It's yeah. not yeah.
2: back seal, but back form. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three, two, one. Pre-made oh snap!
2: <laughs> so it's it's like a dimensional, contoured um, uh, image. Embossed is another good word. Thank okay.
0: you, Anne. <laughs> There's Anne uh, piping in from the back. That's right.
2: So it's like interesting images. It's unique artwork. The Probot, um, Luke, Han, uh, Hanon Tauntaun, uh, different characters from Empire Strikes Back. They even have like Snow Speeder and, and some more obscure uh, pieces of art there. Uh, but they're all kind of embossed into a, the form
0: okay cool i think I, I more or less understand now um, i'm still just so insulted by the audience calling me stupid Steve. The, they're, they're, i'm a very but, sensitive man
2: Sky, the best item though by yes. far that i have received so far is a uh, triangular ruler uh, oh. that has r2d2 on it uh, that was from a pepsi promotion in uh, argentina
0: Yes, so this is pretty fun. Yesterday, I was able to complete a trade with, with Duncan. This was actually advice uh, given to me by Yehuda, where he needed, uh, they have these, so you can help me understand what these are. So in Argentina, Pepsi had an agreement with Star Wars, at the Return of the Jedi era, to make school supplies.
2: Right, so um, Coke had the worldwide license for uh, Star Wars throughout the original trilogy, but uh, Peru and Argentina both have Pepsi promotions uh, that were post-Jedi, uh, just just post-Jedi. Uh, very, very obscure. And and they came, uh, someone showed up on on, e-
0: on uh, Rebel Scum and said he had a couple full sets, and I wanted the Chewy, so I just bought the whole thing, figuring hey, that's always a good idea to buy everything. <laughs> right, Duncan? Of course, <laughs> I
2: think that's, everyone should do that.
0: <laughs> and then I get an email like, hey, I saw you got it, so I don't have the R2. And so Yehuda's idea was, when you trade with Duncan, just say, you know, I like Chewbacca, just, just give me stuff. <laughs> and so he went into the Smithsonian and he brought out this bag of funk. It was like, it was like a marble from England, a pin from England, like a lottery ticket from France. Yeah. It was uh, it was a, we might have to do just a whole podcast just about what was in that bag. Um, but that was a uh, that was a pretty fun pretty fun thing. Now Steve, are we getting to garden Largan? Do we have to oh, I think we're Okay,
1: we can we can, we can soon. Soon. Okay. <laughs> I didn't make the sign, sorry, I ran out of time. Yeah, yeah, we ran out of time
0: Steve <laughs> did a little bit of work on something called the RCAC. <laughs> <laughs> So that was an applause break. Steve did a little bit of work on something called the Cat. <laughs> <clears throat> You we were, we were the life of the party. I was just the... <laughs> the, the breath muscle. of life. Yeah. <laughs> the muscle, the brains, <laughs> the effort. Uh, well, I think what would be fun now is to actually move on and talk about celebrations past. Oh, my goodness. We have a- has brought a stuffed Mr. T. Uh, yeah,
6: Leslie over here um, brought Mr. T with him. So since you stole his tagline, I figure he needs
1: a, a spot on the, the table. He's another guest, Yeah. <laughs> So, what were just have to, I'm just going to have to hold his shoulder for him, I'll uh,
0: <laughs> Steve is going to be candid. Well, Steve, if you let him drop, I am leaving. And I'm right now, and I'm never talking to you again. Okay, wait. That, right, actually, that sound, sounds like a good deal. Um, okay, okay, I'm going to hold him up. So, uh, we are now here with uh, Chris Giorgulius and Ron Salvatore, uh, frequent visitors to mm-hmm. the archive roundtable. Thanks, guys. Uh, Thanks,
4: guys.
0: Yeah, yeah everyone. Um, Let's see. Chris doesn't have. Well, everyone just properly pronounced George 3 Three, two, one. 1. All right. And uh, G. And, everyone, G. Everyone scream out an obscure French movie. Ferran. Ferran.
1: All right. Good one. <laughs>
0: but, yeah. All right. So. I realized, you know, that this is Celebration 7. And, uh, Steve, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot of people outside the door uh, here. It
1: is uh, pure insanity. <laughs>
0: this is... We can all agree this is the most people we've ever seen in a celebration. Yes. yes. Okay. I think so. And, and we were talking about it, and... I don't know. I was trying to think, like, the last time there was a celebration before a launch of a new sequel was in 1999. And I was trying to think, like, you know... Who do we know who's been there? Well, everybody except for us uh-huh. <laughs> up here. So, I mean, everyone knows about the rain and that it was really rainy, and that's cool. But I want to know more than about the rain. Like, was there mud? No. Um, <laughs> like, how do you think the level of anticipation for the new movie matches, like, in the air here versus there? What, what, what do you think, Chris?
4: Oh, man, it's been, what, 15 years since then, I guess. Or um, 16 now, yeah. I would say it's even bigger, you know? The Star Wars is so much bigger now, you know, and, and Lego's huge, and, and video games, you have so much content that's come out with Star Wars. It's that's built, you know, and plus all the pop culture references and everything, and with Disney, with their tie in with Disney for, for years, you've already had this elevated level um, of Star Wars awareness. And now, with the, with the films on the cusp of coming out, you know, and, and with a lot of great. Um actually one thing they've done great with these is it seems like they've taken all the right elements to make this movie and this this series you know they're they're bridging the gap they're bringing the the original principles over they're doing things with the effects that you know people want practical effects and and just seeing that that trailer the other day that they debuted that second or teaser whatever it was i mean there, there was noticeable excitement in there i think and people were just very excited and, I, I, and it, it's 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 bits bigger than than the the prequel.
0: Now at Celebration 1, was there some kind of big announcement or some kind of big trailer or something wrong?
6: I don't remember. I'm sure there <laughs> was. What I remember... Uh, well, I'm um, mostly,
0: what was your hotel room number? Uh,
6: I have no idea. Okay, um, do you
0: remember who you stayed with? Chris. Yeah. Aww. That, <laughs> Double okay. tree.
6: Yeah. I mean, the main memory is that it rained. Uh, so for people Oh, who come there, on!
1: <laughs>
6: for people who weren't there, uh, it was... The celebrations at that point were quite a bit downscale compared to what we're at now. It was held at an old airfield, and a lot of it was under tents. (laughs) And uh, I I seem to remember someone saying that the rain they got was the heaviest rains over consecutive days in 50 years or something like that. So there was a lot of mud. It was kind of a Star Wars woodstock um, with a lot of people waiting in lines outside. But there was a lot of excitement. And, you know, that's where we got the ball rolling with the celebrations. And so it's a fond memory, I guess.
0: Now, be honest here, Ron. At that point, were you a fanboy? Uh, you see, we always come back to this fanboy question. <laughs> um, Not so much. I, <laughs> I mean, in. I
6: was probably a fan. You know, I was looking forward to the new movie. Okay, um, but
0: but it was still mostly about the toys. and you Yeah, like,
6: okay. I think most of the stuff. I was with Chris yeah. for most of the celebration, I remember. I think we...
0: We hardly went into the room. Yeah, I don't the, think we the, the did The
6: aircraft anything.
4: hangar that had the, the, the prop displays and things.
6: We mostly know? did the collector stuff, um, although there was less of it to do. I mean, the panels were basically a little pagoda out in the middle uh, of the mud, and, and you're standing out there without any audio visual, and with people just holding up. Items. I have a picture of Duncan holding a, a four up. And actually, <laughs> I think it was a, a sculpt, yeah, maybe a, sculpt. a wax, yeah. a wax micro sitting out there in the rain. <laughs> we may have had a microphone, and he's yeah, just kind of talking to people who aren't really paying attention. So, I <laughs> so mean, they they had, were, the, yeah, that was the genesis of this whole collecting track thing that Gus and everybody else have done such a great job on. And but at the time, it was pretty. I don't want to say bad because we did put some work into it, but it was nothing compared to what it is now.
0: So, so I'm 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 trying to think of it sort of as it was back then with him holding up the the one of a kind sculpt. Do you remember what what figure it was?
4: Han Boba Fett. Han or Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Yeah, you
0: may be right.
6: Yeah. Okay, I, so, pip- I can send you this photo when I get home.
0: <laughs> okay, well, you can send it, okay? So this is also probably a good time. Actually, no, it's a good time to plug Gus Duncan's new book when either Gus or Duncan is at the table. Hey, Steve? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's why. I, we are really great, great at thing. logistics.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> your trademark <laughs> is stupidity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh snap. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: so when, when we're, you know, I'm kind of picturing him that, did you feel like people were listening? Or was he like kind of... I kind of imagine him kind of like the people outside of the convention now were holding up like the God died for us um, signs and like screaming at them they, all people want. How, how many being people... This is a forum! <laughs> Very <rare> pre-production item!
6: <laughs> how many people would you say are in here now? About, I would say... Yeah.
4: About 40 or so?
6: I would say about half or a third of the people who are in here now are usually maybe...
4: There's like 30. I would say there was even less there were, than, there were, than like we're in here. There were 18 or 20 people
5: at some of the – and everybody else was just – People online. Just kind right. of walking by and, oh, what is
4: There was a line to get into like the store, but even the people in the line, even though they were standing there with nothing to do, nothing around, they had their backs towards us, and they were like <laughs> 10 feet away. We were on a little stage – and We did have microphones, but it was a little tent. It was probably a fifteen by fifteen tent. It was in the mud, though. It was a there was a, there was water everywhere because it's an airfield. So the rain has nowhere to go, you know. And the dealer tent, it was pouring out from underneath the side of the dealer tent in some corners. But yeah, and we sat there. It was show and tell. Everybody brought their physical items, and we did the presentations like that. And it was just. We got ideas of what to do. and put a program together, and it was like a show and tell. And, and like now imagine. we have
0: lines here out the door. Yeah, you know, it's grown tremendously. How many panels have not been completely full?
6: Almost none In here. I mean, there'd yeah, be maybe the, one or the two. The first, early the first on. couple,
4: yeah, it, they, it's been great. All you know. the ones I've
6: seen have been pretty full.
4: Yeah, uh, and, but and, I mean,
6: the next year we started doing the giveaways, and that up to ten. And so two years? That. No, I'm sorry. Two yeah. times. The, the next year we had audiovisual, and then the year after that we had a giveaway, and then. There was trading cards, then the medallions, and it's just grown from there, and attendance has grown along with it, so it's gotten better and better.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it feels, too, that people, at least at this one, seem more responsive in the audience. They seem to be listening more. They seem to care a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, back in 99, was it just all the people who you already knew just kind of sitting there, staring at you, laughing at you? It was like
6: the dozen people maybe standing in front kind of trying to hear and... Everybody else could be like, what are these guys talking about as they yeah. walk past? So, I mean, that's t- that's not even an exaggeration. That's no, what it was like. Right.
0: Now, are there any collecting track uh, pieces of memorabilia that exist from the first one? No, just photos. Really? Yeah, it's we, not they, even like, a, like it's a, a flyer? Like flyer. Nothing I don't like
1: that. think
0: there's enough. Fl- <laughs> so so, well, so, so cool. the human beings here are the only remnants. <laughs> <laughs> <So laughs> this is why we're
1: recording an oral history of that's the right. Celebration right. That's right. <laughs> And Gus
4: reminded us that we brought some sand from Tunisia because we we had gone on that t- trip to Tunisia in February and, and celebration was in April, so that was a real fresh trip. That was the second time Gus went and the the only time I went, so we brought some physical artifacts there.
0: And I mean, did you? I'm trying to think. Maybe we should start talking about the actual amount of vintage and interesting, expensive items. Up. But maybe we should actually bring in uh, the next set of groups, and then we we'll just keep bringing people back and forth, right? Because my next question would be best for, I think, Todd and Gus. Okay. Go for it. Okay? So you guys maybe will come back. You want to <laughs> leave Mr. Tudor? <Krux> Thanks, <laughs> guys. Mr. Tudor can stay. Okay. Thanks. 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 All right. So we're going to be bringing up Todd Chamberlain and Gus Lopez. At some point, we'll we'll talk about this on the show. But uh, I, I did a deal with Stefan, and as you all know, I, I speak French, and I love how Gus is said in French. He's like Oe oui, Goose. <laughs> and I started thinking about like Goose from Top Gun, and I started imagining Gus as uh, it was Val Kilmer, right? It was Goose? Wasn't no. he? No. Anthony Edwards.
1: Anthony Edwards oh, yeah. thank
0: you. I mean, I'm too cool to know that. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm, I, I guess I could see that a little bit more. Um, but what I'm trying to think about is, like, as far as the amount of, of vintage toys that are actually out on the floor, I, to me, this is the most I've ever seen. Would you say that's true too, Gus, uh, in terms of what's on the floor out there? It, it seems that
7: way. It seems like the, the quality and quantity have both gone up for vintage uh, in this celebration versus others. I mean, there's still a lot of newer things out there, but, um, but it seems like dealers are really digging to get great stuff. So it's, it's been one of the best ones in a few years.
0: And as far as like back in '99, what was there a lot of vintage stuff? Or was mostly actually just Bibbles
7: '99. One of the best things the, the dealer room actually had a lot of good stuff at that dealer room. I mean, there were uh, there were, for example, some paint masters with swatches that were sold early on and hmm. at the very beginning of Celebration One.
0: Let me let check it out. Check it out. Vintage vocab, <laughs> shops, updates, whatever. Okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> so. So then, guys, Steve, would you like to know what a paint master is? I would love to. Gus, what is a paint master? Give us some vintage uh, uh,
7: Yeah, these were uh, painted hard copies. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> um, that, were, that, were, that had, had swatches for all, each of the different colors used to make uh, an action figure so that they could match them when they cranked them out um, You know, and started paint them in the, in the factory. So, so they had samples of these that one of the dealers, who's actually, I think, at this celebration as well, had saved for years and had brought to the show, and some collectors had found, found this dealer really early on in the show.
0: What and did you pick up any paint masters? Uh, and any not paint directly. I,
7: I missed that one. Um, oh. But but you know. So the, you got scooped. I got scooped. <laughs> <All right>. But <laughs> as this stuff goes, you know, this stuff changes hands a lot. So I did eventually get a couple pieces from.
0: Right. Awesome. And uh, what do you? I mean, so Todd, back then you weren't were you? You weren't dealing all the way back then, were you?
5: Um, I've been buying and selling since the '80s. Okay, so, good question, um, Sky. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Mister T Doll? Okay, one,
0: two, three, two, one. <laughs> oh snap! Okay, yes, continue.
5: I, I guess it's a, a matter of scale, but yeah, I've started. I've pretty well cont- collected continuously since uh, you know I was a kid. But, was a kid and just you know had toys that I played with, but when I got to junior high, my friends stopped uh, collecting. I kept on with it, and then but my, my grandparents had an antique store in, in Portland, Oregon, and so I was always around, kind of buying and selling of things. And uh, in around '86, some some of their customers were to start a toy show in Portland, and I was 15, and they said, "Hey, we need somebody to come help us staff this, and and you can bring some extra things and put them on the table," and so. For a couple of years, I would go and I would staff the show, but it would have just made a few things out of the show, but then got into the habit of buying and, and selling collections. and um, So that's always been sort of part of my shtick, I guess. But, right. uh, yeah, it's progressively gotten to be... <laughs> uh, I've accumulated a lot of stuff a- along the way.
0: <laughs> so one of my favorite things about celebrations is going to your booth mm-hmm. and uh, talking to you, but uh, I can't do that yeah. because you always no, have, like... Like 50 customers. Is is this the busiest you've ever been at a celebration? We've been pretty
5: busy at at the last two celebrations that that we've done. I don't know that this is... My wife does not believe me, but this is the most organized I've been to celebration. I'm sure no one who's been to my booth will believe me, but uh, I will have, by the end of the show, I will have opened every box that uh, arrived with me. (laughs) Uh, And that hasn't happened before.
0: (laughs) Okay, so it seemed, it's kind of similar to C six, but it, it feels because at least I get the impression that there's a lot more stuff actually being bought. But yeah,
1: I mean, I'm like my our club booth is like caddy corner with. Pods and I can usually never see you. <laughs> I can see people, but I can never see you. So I think that's
5: a good sign. I mean, to me, one of the things, uh, my friend Dove Kellimer that I'm set up with, that he was noting, like, he's selling a lot of, he's selling vintage and new action figure items and other toys and things like that. And we sell, we sell toys. We also have posters and pins and badges and patches and school supplies. And most of it's from the 80s. And it's the, he was noting that almost everybody who buys from him is male of a certain kind of age Range, and that the that, that we still are a really broad demographic, and to me, it, it just says something about the the breadth of interest in in. I mean, there are people that are, you know, there are five six year old kids that are think it's cool that they're. I mean, sometimes a lot of times like, even people that are my age don't, don't remember that the, these things are, are are old per se. Right. But then there are other people who, I mean, there are young people who are not around when this stuff was out originally who are like, wow, you know, this is something. From way back then,
0: and you know, yeah, yeah, we call him Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did do some shopping at the yeah. toy twich- yeah. <laughs> for yesterday, but yeah, no, I have noticed that that it, it's been like, uh, like the number of like just teenagers walking around mm-hmm. and like having fun and seem to know what they're doing. Uh, it seems it's like, like a, it's a, a very <laughs> like a, a, a vibrant. I guess it's this kind of vibrant feel to it, uh, which is. I don't know, did we talk about this on 61, Steve, about the... I had the feeling in Celebration 6 that we were sort of like on a sinking ship. No, we
1: didn't talk about it, but... (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) Well,
0: that was the impression I... uh, Sorry, I lost my voice. Um, But that was the impression I had at Celebration 6 was that, you know, the movies were ending, and we all sort of felt kind of like, all right, well, this has been good... Uh, I'm not currently getting younger I might in the future but I'm not currently getting younger and I remember sort of having the feeling like well this is great this is what it's going to be and it's going to peter out until 90 year old dudes and, and, and just talking to each other you know somewhere you know who knows but then the fact that it comes back yeah. and that there's so much more um, I think that's what, what Tommy described um, oh now you don't have to sing the holiday special song when well. I say Tommy a day of joy <laughs> oh my god! See, I pointed right to Bruce because he—he's he's the, he's the man. <laughs> awesome. So, now, did did uh, Gus? What did what you? I mean, you had a very busy celebration as yeah, it, as I, always. Yeah. Have you had a chance to actually purchase an item of Star Wars memorabilia? I, I bought a lot of stuff at room sales.
7: Way more than on the. I think on the floor. I don't think I've bought anything on the floor yet. But um, but uh, I was struck by though the. the um, A lot of the dealer booths have bare shelves, which is something I don't recall ever seeing in another celebration, where some of them have gone through so much inventory, they're starting to just have shelves with nothing on it, which is like, wow, I've not seen that. but yeah, I mean, I've mostly bought things. You know, the, the room, sa- the quote unquote room sales have become like the place to shop, you know, and uh, each time it exceeds the previous one. And so, yeah, that, that's where I did most of my shopping, way more than I've done in, in recent celebrations.
0: Now, we actually haven't named these room sales yet. Mm-hmm. No? no, no. So, I mean, I guess sort of part of our job is to name things for absolutely no reason. <laughs> um, so, celebration one, there were, were there any room sales? At, okay. Yes. yes. Okay, well, okay, well let's, let's talk about this. We can do a evolution, card, evolution right? of room uh, sales, yeah. Dynolost, carbodon, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> uh, can you please describe what dynolost is, Steve? <laughs> and, um, and carbodon. Um, okay, so then the room sale, you know, is the is the informal term for the secret... Or not-so-secret grouping of sales after the convention's over. Right. And so there were room sales at Celebration 1, Christopher Glaze is telling me, and looking at me like a idiot for thinking that they're not. You don't need to say, my trademark is Spidity. I know. <laughs> um, So what, what were those like uh, back then? Was that just a couple people in a room?
7: At that time, it, they were in rooms, uh, and so the first few celebrations, we actually did them in people's hotel rooms, and uh, yeah, and people, it was all vintage, pretty much, and uh, card, I remember carded figures, I remember there was a, a wax sculpt of a Gaborian guard, um, uh, there, were, so there were a few prototype pieces, and uh, it was some way smaller scale than it is now, but the quality of the pieces was great. Um,
0: oh, a wax sculpt of a Gamorrean guard. Yeah. So that was just yeah. Uh, the, the, Okay. okay. The, um, yeah.
7: Okay.
0: Okay, so that was just sitting on somebody's bed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was.
7: Yeah. It was. That was one of the things offered. I don't recall many other pieces directly, but um, I remember the quality of you good. Could... Yeah. Like
0: lots, lots of fur shots. Yeah. Right, just general vintage
7: stuff. Chris Dugrilla says, "Celebration Two is when it really picked up, um, and 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 yeah, yeah. So Celebration Two and Three had particularly strong room sales. Right, but where so we started
5: running into pro- that was where we also started running into the problems of we would we have tried so hard to get room blocks where mm-hmm. we the, you know, had the hotel managers assure us, yes, you will get adjacent rooms, and then show up and they're random people because we were trying to." It was largely around room sales and not wanting to disturb other people late at night, and every year we would go back, and our supposed continuous room block has been split up with families that do not want to hear people up until <laughs> two in the morning. So, yeah. Two in, in the morning,
1: morning?
0: I would love to have done that. That's,
1: that's tame compared to now.
5: <laughs>
0: and, and the hotel that we're in now, if you guys don't know, um, the Hilton Inn uh, in Anaheim, it was designed by Franz Kafka. It's uh, there's there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it. You get off the elevator. There's two elevators. Neither of them work. If you see an elevator going up and you want to go down, just get on it because you're never going to see another elevator again. Yeah. All the numbers—they uh, they have four numbers to them. It'll be 8502, 8503. <laughs> you just start walking in one direction or the other. You never know where you are. The carpets are a little bit like asymmetrical, yeah. and they make you a little bit queasy if you look down and look at them, especially if it's three o'clock in the morning and you're hanging out with a bunch of Swedish people. <laughs> the ceilings
1: to shrink as you go <laughs> <up> <laughs> seem
0: further. <to> shrink? <laughs> it's, I, I walk around
7: and I just like always you know, a long walk from the elevator. Like I don't know how you design it. it, so you have to walk across that entire floor. Because in the lobby, it seems like it takes it's, thirty it's right seconds, here. and because <laughs> you get to
0: your floor, you can't find your room. It, it's a paranormal hotel. Yeah, it's, it's like, like you, know, it, it, I mean, you know, like the uh, the Tower of Terror. They just sort of it's, said it's right down the street. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's the bit where I complain about the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> So celebration two, we talked a little bit about this about the Steve Denningham sales right, the, and the Velvet yeah, Velvet uh, Rope sale. Um, yeah. We watched uh, actually today there was a panel by Matthias. Who's uh. <laughs> <laughs> enthusiasm! Come on, more enthusiasm uh. with Matthias. Uh. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was saying that there was two thousand. Proofs that were essentially around 2,000 sold that night, or something. Some in like? that ballpark, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so in that ballpark.
7: Yeah. So I mean, uh, Steve Denny had sold a bunch beforehand right. th- through uh, Tom Derby, but those were the ones left over, and there were, there were quite a few left.
0: Right.
5: And the market had really become kind of stagnant at the time because they were all, the proof proofs that were circulating in the open market were selling you know in the hundreds of dollars, and it was kind of felt like there wasn't an entry level. I, I did not. Take advantage of this, but I really did say to people that night. I think this is going to sh- give a shot in the arm to the proof card market. This is going to create an entry level where people are going to get in and they're going to develop an interest for it. I say, I didn't buy. I bought like three proofs. I mean, it wasn't like I like I banked money on it, but I, I really did. It did. Ha- I think have that.
0: So okay, and just to imagine it again, you are in the room, you've been led into the to the red rope, and someone pulls out a 12-back proof, let's just say, uh, I don't know, Luke Skywalker. Uh, how much were you going to uh, have to spend to walk away with that?
5: 400 maybe? 500? Yeah. Well, Luke, there's, uh, there were a couple more, I mean Luke's one of the more common ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and, it, it's one, more interesting and it wasn't
7: that. really that heavy on the Star Wars you know, you know, proof cards. It was mostly Empire Jedi, but... but right. uh, because again, you know, like I think the, through the sales through Tom Derby, a lot of the, you know, a lot of that stuff had been sold, but there was still, I mean, there was enough that, like, if you if you love a character, you could you find could, something, you, you, find, together, right? you could put a run together, you put a run together that night, right? Yeah.
5: Well, box flats were twenty five bucks, yes. and That's, I got a pretty amazing. Yeah, I don't think I got more box flats than <laughs> proofs because they just seem more interesting to me, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah.
0: So then Celebration 3 happened, and the room sales were still in the rooms, mm-hmm. right? That was yeah. the first one I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the one where I very well remember seeing uh, someone walking with a box, and uh, a one-of-a-kind Chewbacca proof in the box. And uh, I saw it, and I, I looked at it, and he said... It's it's reserved for I was like to who he said Derek I was like I wonder who Derek is but uh, he, he's now sitting over there how's it going Derek that was that was my first experience with ah uh, and uh, it's a scientific term. <laughs> Uh, and then Celebration 4 is where things got more interesting because we got kicked out. I remember seeing Chris Jorgulius running around trying to figure out how to make this happen. Yeah. Maybe, Chris, you want to jump up and, and scream to the heavens. How did you find a place for Celebration 4?
4: So, we, you know, we usually, every time we pick a hotel to stay in. every year it's been like the vintage hotel the same way I must be on the White Yeah, that's fine.
0: We'll catch we'll you. All
4: right. So, <laughs> we picked the hotel. So, that year, again, it was. Um, I think it was a Wyndham or a Wisp. Start with a W. I forget the name of it. But yeah, we, we, we tried again to get everybody on the same blocks. Celebration 3 was the only time we actually got everybody in the same wing, and that was the best one. And then we, we, there were too many people in between us, and the security guards came up really quickly. But the security guard said, hey, the bar downstairs is closed. Go use it. And then that started off. We should really call them hotel sales now because yeah. there's no room, yeah. There's no way to do it in the rooms anymore. It's I can't do right, yeah. right,
0: so that that's what became the cantina sales. Yeah. Um, and that was. Uh that was amazing because it was in the bar of this hotel in Los Angeles, and a bunch of people brought a ton of things. I remember I bought some pretty awesome things from uh, from Utah. I remember you had a pretty cool. Steve York notes.
5: came and brought a bunch of things from his collection, foreign items, and uh,
0: yeah, I, I believe a nearly complete Death Squad Commander Run. Uh, I believe, yeah, a lot and, of tri too,
1: right? Yeah, and
0: that's really where they, where I think they changed into just finding a room, and then five and six, we just found places in the hallways. So I don't know. Maybe like the Pacific, the Pacific sales because it was called the Pacific Room.
1: It was a Pacific ballroom, right? Okay, yeah. so we can call oh,
0: celebration like 7 the we just, Yeah, that's the, only place you can the ballroom sales. The I, ballroom sales. I like that. Sales. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was the ballroom sales, which is a long way to go around to say that was the craziest room sales I've ever Me? seen. I, I, really I called Steve <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, where are they?" And he's like, "Man." Man, I don't know if it's man. It's going to work, man. Man, we're going <laughs> to... That's how he talks to the phone. Yeah. Man, I don't know if it's going to work, man. I think they're going to shut us down, man. It's like, it's crazy. There's all these people, man. They came home from dinner, man, man, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> something something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, I had this feeling like it was going to stop. And I was, <laughs> the, like, I was like running, like, must buy yeah. Star Wars toys. Yeah, and, I
1: mean, it, we walked in from dinner, and mm-hmm. I looked up. because I knew it was going to be on the second floor, and I just saw... Hundreds of bodies walking around in quick circles. I'm like, I, how's, is, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's nuts.
0: So, Steve, did you get anything at the room sales? I did. Yeah, um, where did actually, you get, Steve? I got. Like, a, don't we all want to hear from Steve? <laughs> yeah. Yeah
1: actually got a, uh, a neat little uh, store display for some German Super 8 reels that I uh, had actually just got the reels a couple weeks ago, and uh, German collector Michael Goki had said he was going to be bringing this thing here, and uh, he found me, and came to a deal, and it all worked out fine, so yeah.
0: Okay, well why don't we, uh, so Super 8 film reels, <laughs> I, I think I understand it, but just sort of describe, so Super 8 would be, this would be just like one or two scenes or something?
1: It's like a... A, a bridge version of the movie so they did it I think in two for the German ones it's uh, two reels and so they kind of split the thing between two and uh, it's done in, in German no subtitles <laughs> I think I've seen a little bit of it on YouTube and it looks pretty hysterical um, but yeah it's a uh, it's, it's a cool little thing I'm trying to work on it's a lot less expensive than, than uh, prototypes
0: <laughs> yeah so you got the display for that yeah
1: yeah it's, uh, it's a small display I was talking to um, Isaac about it and he said he'd never seen it before um and yeah, I guess there's another one that's smaller that uh, the Michael's keeping, but um, I'm really I was really stoked to pick it up.
0: Okay, so I'm curious. We have three completists here. Do you guys all have the German Super Eight displays, uh, Duncan, uh, Todd, and Gus? No. <laughs> no. No. Hey Steve! hey,
1: Steve! i better I better get out of here. <laughs>
0: For those of you who can't uh, can't see what's happening, Steve was just Even. eaten alive by <laughs> <dog and laughs> dog. All this is just a spinning German display <laughs> on his seat. Uh, it laughs just like Steve. But, uh <laughs> oh, that's awesome. See, this is going pretty quickly, but not too bad. Know, we're doing, okay. doing pretty well on time. We got another ten minutes. Yeah, yeah we got another ten minutes. So, so, I mean, how do you think we should end this? Should Jen is like to like reminiscing. She had like questions about the show. Well, I guess we didn't ask Gus what he actually got. He said that he had a good time at the and room, room sales. Sales, yeah. yeah. But he's being mysterious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got uh,
7: yeah different food items. Some that people brought to me and then some that, you know, uh, similar to you guys, I got the uh, Pepsi items mm-hmm. from Argentina, so that was kind of a, a nice piece. Um, uh, yeah. So it, and it, it was I got some people bring me cereal boxes from UK. Nice. Um, so so that was good. They have a, yet another cereal promotion going on now. So uh, got to start that all over again. Uh, but yeah, nothing earth shattering. But it was just there was a lot of you know good breadth of, of selection and obscure stuff. It wasn't just the same old. Oh, um, I bought um, I uh, ewoks uh, crew t shirt or, 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 or sweatshirt that um, that I didn't have so. Oh, that's cool. I actually have a
5: torn one, but yeah, it
0: was good. All right, how about you, Todd? Did you uh, enjoy yourself at the room sales?
5: Uh, I got the Pepsi stuff. I think it's a common theme era. I love that. We got there a little bit late. Jonathan McGowan gave me a tip off on that, which I was very thankful for. But uh, at least I got some representative examples. I love the artwork on that. the The thing that I I didn't actually buy it at the show, but that I received at the show before, leading up to the show about a month ago. I bought the last of a group of a big collection that I've been working on for several months. And in this collection, it's the estate of a, of a woman, a woman selling the, the collection that her mama amassed in the eighties. And she'd sent me photos. I started buying things from her on eBay and finally convinced her that she just wanted to sell it all in one shot. And she started just, I said, just send me group shots of what you have. And in there, there's a line of three 1981 uh, greeting cards from uh, drawing board that, I had had two of the three for 10 years, and there, I was missing the Yoda card, and I've searched and searched and searched for the thing, and I, I was so ecstatic to find that, so I finally actually was, I had the stuff shipped directly here to the show because there was a lot of stuff I was, was going to be selling, and so I finally actually got to hold it in my hand.
0: And now, now, you're keeping that separate from the stuff you're selling, yes? Yes. There's going to put inside it like like yeah. Like, I don't know, a buck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Find your keepers.
5: But yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm keeping that for myself, and so, it, and to me, that's what, what makes collecting fun. Is I mean, there are expensive things I'd like to get, but um, even on the open market, I wouldn't expect to probably have to pay, you know, more than fifteen or twenty dollars for something like that. But it's it's, it's the hunt for that obs- item that's obscure, but um, isn't necessarily you know,
1: market valuable. But.
0: Awesome. See, I knew we'd get a lot of good, unloved items. Yeah, that. I think I had a feeling
1: that was uh, going to happen. And, like, the
0: nuggets from the archive are actually the archives themselves. <laughs> um, so then we have eight minutes left. What we can do is we can talk about fantasy baseball for a minute. <laughs> fantasy hockey. Right? So we can talk about that. I'm getting a lot of, a lot of negative looks here. Um, now, what we can do, I think, is actually kind of open this up to just sort of Open discussion. Like, we have like interesting, we have members of different podcasts here. We got the you're the Marvin Dog yeah, guy, right? How would you like to be referred to the best? Jeff. Okay. <laughs> Jeff from the. <laughs> the Marvin Dog yeah. Jeff the Marvin Dog guy, right? Uh, we got Grant from the Stars Forum UK podcast, right? Who's Kevin? Oh, and. Jazz. Yes. Jazz. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you were in like a hat before, right? Yeah, I can take it off.
7: Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of fun having all these uh, people here, Steve. Yeah. Uh, what, what was I going to say about that?
1: It was going to be an open discussion of some sort. Would you like to, to lead said discussion? Or?
0: Thank you very much, because I am flaring like this, a founder. <laughs> for everybody who has been up on stage, is
5: there anything you were hoping to find at the con that you didn't run
4: across? Mm. Anything, that we were hoping anything that was on your list?
1: Hmm. Steve? I mean, I have one. It's, it's probably nothing crazy, but the Kenner Movie Viewer uh, and the cartridges. I'd love oh. to get one of those.
0: I know who's got one. Oh, oh man. Trevor yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tweeter knows who's got one. <laughs> uh, do you know how much you selling it for? Uh, 30 bucks. 30 bucks.
1: See? I like, I like cheap stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
7: What about you guys? I uh, think a shipping case of dog chow bags from Australia. I think that. I'm always expecting to I'm see expecting something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, mean, I was really disappointed.
5: Yeah. <laughs> we didn't see that. I always come with pretty low expectations that I'm going to find anything specific uh, here. But I, every every celebration, I find something. Uh, and so yeah, I got those Pepsi pieces and the main thing. And yeah, I got some Kenner catalogs from Ed. Yeah. How, how about you? Is there
0: something you were hoping to get? Uh, I found Dixie Cups. All right. Uh, and when you found Dixie Cups at the Toad Chamber? I've been looking for it for about 20 years. Nice. All right. How about you, Graham? Is there something you were looking for? Something that you found that was particularly awesome? I mean, you're going to do your own podcast so people can listen to that if they want.
3: Yeah. But. Um, I've got the, uh, I've been looking for the Best Bin Walk in Luke. Because okay. obviously in the UK, the paddy toy version a couple thousand pounds. It's a lot cheaper in the, uh, the States. I managed to find that last night, which is cool.
0: All right. So you were trying to find that at the room
3: sales? We were talking about it on the plane, and I was like, fingers crossed it's gonna be there, and it was. Wow, all right,
0: so I'm walking, Luke. Cool, how about you, Jez?
3: Um,
1: I got a couple of bootlegs
3: last night, but I think the main thing is, I know it sounds real cheesy, but actually uh, picking up some new friends, uh,
0: and mm-hmm. loads You're of Picking new mm-hmm. friends. Well, it's hard to beat uh, that scene. Uh, <laughs> do you know what else is hard to beat? Do you guys know what's insanely hard to beat? Steve's fantasy baseball team. Still wow. in first place. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the rarest Star Wars toys. He throws the best Star Wars party. And he has the best fantasy baseball team in uh, the world. It's only. Steve, Brahe Daniels. Ten games in Sky. <laughs> <laughs> I, say, I called you Daniels again. Okay, right? I know. I guess you could you could could talk about your book because we said we were going to. Yeah, how's your book doing? So Gus and Duncan created a guide to micro figures to the micro collection. Yeah, micro collection toys. Yeah,
7: it's a subject we've always wanted to do. We covered it in our prototype book. We we you know touched on the micro collection. Um, You know, it's kind of a favorite among a lot of collectors, uh, and we had a lot of pieces in our collections. it felt like we, we had a lot of material to cover it, and but it was one of the craziest books to finish because uh matias was working on a book uh. we were working on a book and, and we were so we're working on two and i was helping matias with his book so we were working uh. on two books at once and and the books arrived like the day we started celebration yep so <laughs> so it was down to the wire that's right yeah because you edited
0: Matthias i gotta say guys. I wish you didn't edit. Oh, you should. I I still have the drafts, though. Could you please share that as a super special edition? (laughs) (laughs) Because he's got amazing English, but I still think it'd be fun. Yeah, see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this is as good of a place as any to awkwardly put in the market watch. One dollar flicks. Market watch. First of all, thanks to Pete for sending this out. Uh, you know, this isn't really tied into the show that we did in uh, at Celebration, uh, but it's more just kind of a little bit of a consistent feature, and he did all this work, so I figured I should share it. So it's cool, because it's all kind of diverse items, and I think to a certain extent, you could say that this is proof that there are still... Uh, good deals to be found and then there's others that are still just kind of oh man man's um, but the first thing that he shows uh, that he sent to us is really cool it's like a uh, it's a it's actually a chromalin. so first of all if you just kind of get this concept in your head you know a Star Wars uh what do you think that costs I mean for the most part you can't get any kind of chromalin for under a thousand dollars right But I didn't say what kind of Chromalin this is. This potentially could be seen as the lamest possible Chromalin. With the exception, uh, if you are of the Persuasion, who happens to find uh, Ewoks to be really great, so um, I respect that alternative lifestyle. I, I'm speaking to a lot of our, our fans now. So I bet if you love Ewoks, this is like the coolest thing that's ever popped up. But if not, uh, it's just this kind of strange chromalin. And it's actually for the swing tabs uh, or the swing tags. So those are like the things that would be used to um, sort of uh, put a hole in and have it go like, you know, you have the stuffed animal. And that's where you put the little plastic doohickey in so that it has a tag in the plastic animal. So this is the actual proof for that. And as always, the more I look at it, the more I realize it's actually pretty cool. Because I never really thought about, of course they had to have pre-production material for this. Uh, and it's really pretty funky. And it amazingly sold for $140. So that is $140 Star Wars Chromalyn. Uh You got everyone. You got, you got Wiley. You got Wicket. You got Nippet. You got Kinesa. You got leaky and uh... mookies i don't know i can't read them that well uh... so that's the the first item the next is considerably more expensive but what's cool is it actually kind of ties into the archive party uh... Um, coin that that uh, that we made The uh, that tim Eckhold made in conjunction with matthias and uh... based on our uh, based loosely on my dog. Um, So this is the Boba Fett uh, Power of the Force coin, which sold for $780. Um, So actually, let's look at a different book. And to do that, I'll just take out my handy dandy copy of Coining a Galaxy by James Gallo, Mark Salati, with Jeff Carell, and that lets you know that a Boba Fett coin is considered category E. So that is very rare, I suppose, because uh, if they didn't actually sell the toy, um, then there's less of the coin that would have gone with the toy. So because it was unproduced to power the force, that must be why. And because it's Boba Fett. So that's uh, pretty interesting. $780 for an AFA 90 coin. And do you hear that sound? Is that Bobo? We're talking about your coin, Bobo. Yeah. See, the thing you don't know about Bo is he smells terrible, but he's got really soft ears. So it all kind of makes up. Um, All right, and actually, this is as good of a time as any to address, I think, three episodes ago, I started off burping. And uh, I apologize for that. I'm not going to do that again. That was quite rude. I will do you the service of... I just cut out. I've been trying to record the next section. And... uh, Bo, my dog, just did not stop running around the house. I don't know what's going on. I think there's an animal outside. So you just heard his click clacking and then you hear me yell at him to put him in the kennel. And I thought, well, that'd be cool to keep in. But no, you don't want to hear that. And then I got attacked by this wood bug. I don't actually know what it's called. It's like one of those bugs that looks like wood. And uh, I was like, I killed it, and I was like jumping around, and I was talking about it. I cut that out, too. And then I got ready to talk about multipacks, and I realized what I was going to say was, well, hey, maybe we'll have an expert who can come on and talk about it later. But no, space freaks. I actually, instead of doing that, I went to, to a website uh, called the Star Wars Collector's Archive, the swca.com, and I just typed in multipacks, and I figured... You know, instead of just saying, oh, we'll get someone on here who knows, why don't I do a little bit of research myself to finish out this podcast? This reminds me of why I'm so happy to have Steve around, because doing the show by myself really makes me, like, crazy. It makes me think that burping is cool, and murdering bugs, and being mean to dogs is funny. Um, Anyway, so uh, the last two of the Market Watch that I'll talk about are actually multi-packs. And the first one is from *Return of the Jedi*. And uh, if you read uh, the article, uh, it's, it's cool because it's an old feature uh, written by Ron Salvatore, but with contributions by uh, Nick Thurn, Mark Clark, and James Borla Borila, I guess it's Borila. I bought things from him before, but never pronounced it. Um, Ron kind of goes in and talks about, um, you know, the sort of function of these mail order packs that you know there would be. Huge retailers like Sears or J.C. Penney or whatever, Montgomery Ward, and uh, they would have little uh, catalogs that would actually large catalogs, and you'd be able to order what you wanted from those catalogs. And so because of that, they didn't really have that interesting packaging because there was no point of purchase that had to draw you in. Um, so the the first one is a pretty good exception to that. It has the the generic uh, uh, image from uh, Return of the Jedi, which just has pictures of Bib Fortuna in a red cape, which uh, he was never sold as, and you couldn't get them in these packs. It was just for uh, photo samples. Uh, you got uh, Squidhead, Head, uh, Imperial Guard, Darth Vader, Luke, uh, R2-D2, some kind of Ewok. I think it's uh, Chief Chirpa and Gamorrean Guard. And it's, it's funny because it says on there, Picture Illustrates Star Wars Action Figures. See package back for list of figures contained. So I can imagine a lot of kids would have gotten this and gotten all sight, like, all right, I'm getting all these figures. And then you flip it over to find out that you only got four. Well, in this case, four. However, in this case, you got Darth Vader, Boba Fett, Yoda, and Luke Skywalker, X-Wing Pilot. So that's pretty good, because you could pretty much recreate a lot of Empire Strikes Back um, and... A lot of the whole saga, kind of good guys and bad guys. That that's a good four pack to get. Um, So it's cool. Is this is sealed and unopened, and it sold for one thousand three hundred dollars. So that's uh, I don't know if that's in line with what they usually sell for, because I don't know much. Now for that, someone can can contact us. If you are a a mail order expert, please let us know. Um, But that's a that's that's a a pretty cool multi pack to get. And the cool thing about uh, Ron's article here is that he also includes a, a quick uh, explanation of the numbering prefixes so that's how you can tell the difference between retailers so if you look at this 4-pack uh, you'd be able to tell where it came from because it reads Star Wars 4-pack six five five three eight six one, and if you go to the SWCA it'll say JC prefix 655 five. so there you go that was one of many prefixes used by JCPenney. So this was from the JCPenney catalog, which is pretty darn cool. Now the next multi-pack is crazy. Now this is cool because this is not actually a multi-pack that was a mail order. It was actually sold in stores. And you can tell because it has a beautiful image of the toys on the front. So with the multi packs that came with the Empire, uh, there's the red and the yellow, and so the red is apparently more rare. I remember watching someone buy one at Celebration Four; that was pretty exciting. Uh, and then the yellow is is more common, but they're both quite rare. And this is uh, AFA80, so I suppose that makes it uh, worth the four thousand four hundred and forty-four dollars that it sold for. And in this six pack, you have Vader. Uh, Hoth Trooper, AT-AT Driver, uh, Hot Rebel Soldier, IG-88, and Yoda. So a pretty good six-pack, and I guess it sold for so much because it was sealed, I don't quite know, or because it's graded. But a neat kind of uh, quick introduction to multi-packs, which we really haven't dealt with too much okay well good um steve is still in first place although just barely in the fantasy baseball league a couple months after recording the show so miracles do happen um and i am currently in fourth so let's go back and listen to the end of the show with steve thank you for bearing with us space freaks we'll have another episode out probably pretty soon we really appreciate your support uh and uh yeah i'm happy it's summer okay Hold on. Hold on. I guess I should say that the one thing I was able to pick up, and it was very exciting, was I was able to pick up a forty-five back. I was able to pick up a forty-five back Makano Chita and that was the thing I've been that's looking a big for. One that's a big one. Yeah, and that's
7: <clears throat> and I realized, like
0: you know, because it came up for sale, and this is the situation that a lot of us collectors are in, where something comes up for sale, and you're like that's not worth that much, and then you watch it sell. And then you go, I would have spent that much. And so I, I had to get in my head, like, I can do it. I can s- sell something from my collection. So I, I sold a couple of proofs, and I was able to buy that. And that was really exciting, because Stefan actually brought it in, like, a little, like, a, you know, a, a case... A Halliburton case all the way from Paris, and he unveiled. Okay, well, it wasn't that dramatic, but uh, you know he was able to bring it to me from Paris. And I was able to buy it, and I have not been that excited to to receive a figure in a long, long time. And so that was my memory of the room sales. Was finally getting to get my hands on this amazing cheap uh, taba piece. So, and I get to you know I know how to pronounce that. So it's good. <laughs> Hey, I just realized I meant I meant to mention that too. All right, well, we just got the five minute sign. I think so it's actually, yeah, it's that means that we now, did it. I'd like but, to yeah. really give a big thank. This is the first time we did uh, a podcast. I think it was at celebration four, so this is uh, the third uh, celebration for the. Cast and it's, Cat it's vintage the pod, time, yeah. Star Wars Collectors Archive Podcast, the longest <laughs> name of anything in the entire
1: convention. It takes up we lands on the sign up. There. It, really it takes a long time to
0: The Star Wars Collectors Archive Podcast, the <laughs> Cast and Vintage Pod. So it's very exciting. Wars, I have to go give a, a panel oh, talk. Right yep, now, right now. So <laughs> that's pretty exciting. Uh, so, <laughs> wampa, wampa. Thanks, Lompa. guys. Star Wars, every version available in stores with a colorful Star Wars picture display bag and
2: certificate.